You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down an Auburn Tigers win. That's two in a row in conference play for the Tigers. This time, they take down the usually mighty, but of late, not so mighty, Kentucky Wildcats by the score of 66-59 in Auburn Arena. This pushes their overall record to 8-6 and six on the year and improves their SEC record to 2-4 and four so far. So we're going to break down all the actions, the storyline, and the stats from this game. To do that, I brought in my friend again as a co-host, and that is Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, thank you for joining me again. Thank you for having me again, Kyle. It is always good to have someone here to bounce things off of and always good to have someone to celebrate beating Kentucky again uh, in the Bruce Pearl era. I mean, there was a time where this would be something so far-fetched that we would never, ever be able to talk about uh, even doing well against Kentucky, much less celebrating. Do you think that will ever not be old for us Auburn fans? Oh, no, definitely not, especially as long as Tony Barbie is on the sidelines for Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you went that route with it. I wasn't even, yep. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you, Gray. Uh, I, I try to block that period of time in, in basketball mm-hmm. um, out altogether. So now that you reminded me of that, some harsh feelings are coming back. So that even <laughs> makes it juicier when I have to, when I know that Barbie is having to sit here and watch the team that he made excuses for and said, oh, we can't be uh, successful because we don't have the right athletic gear or something like that. When I, when I heard that and some players echoed that at the same time too, I got just fired up about it. See, you didn't know you were open this door for me did you no i didn't it's the sore spot for me to say the least and uh i'm not fun a fan excuse me of tony uh barbie nonetheless but anyway auburn and kentucky it's developed into quite a rivalry even in a time where uh you know in this season kentucky is having some struggles even more so than auburn and auburn's having a year where they they're kind of having some growing pains but not as bad as kentucky and, uh, you know, obviously no prospect of going to a postseason, um, any kind of appearance at all. So why is this game such a big deal for Auburn and Kentucky fans, even when both teams are struggling to some degree? I think it's I think it's program building. And these these two are probably the two best programs in the SEC, no matter how successful they are or have been this year. Um, so I think it's I think it's about program building and a lot of it's about pride. Um, just considering how good these two programs have been over the past five, six years. So, yeah. And I think that when you compare the, the coaching pedigree of Bruce Pearl to Calipari, obviously you, you kind of look to Calipari still having the lead there with a national championship or two under his belt. That's hard to beat that. But when you look at what a Bruce Pearl has done with an abysmal Auburn program that he inherited, and turned it into what it is today. It's hard not to start making those comparisons and say these are the two best 
programs. I mean, not necessarily teams this year, but programs. You know, Tennessee's fighting real hard yep. to, to maintain relevance alongside us. And I think they're doing a pretty good job for the most part since they're one of the top ones this year and have been for the last few years under Barnes. Uh, but far and away right now, Auburn and Kentucky seem to be the teams of the SEC that most people are talking about on a consistent year in and year out basis. But less about the overall stuff, and let's address one of these game notes before we get into actually uh, some stats and discussion of what actually happened in the game. No Justin Powell. I am starting to get very concerned for him, you know, health-wise. I mean, what what do you think is going on here at this point? I don't know. He was medically cleared. You know, he was limited in practice, but he did practice most of this week, uh, most of this end of the week leading up to the game. I, I don't know if they're being precautious or I, I don't know. I'm getting yeah. concerned as well. I know the more this goes on, you know, I kind of said, oh, one game he's out for the concussion makes sense. The second game, yeah, it makes me you know the third. And now the I think this is the fourth game he's missed now. It really is starting to be concerning. And, you know, I'll just do a little quick plug here. I do a live stream every so often on our YouTube channel as well. And I was discussing it with some folks today and someone made the comparison that there's a player in the NBA, a point guard even, uh, that got a concussion uh, earlier in the season last year and then sat out for a significant part of time simply because of that concussion. And it's, it's just really interesting to think about when you think about a game like football. And I'm aware they're wearing yeah. pads and helmets and stuff like that. So there's just some insulation to that. But you would think the amount of rocking that the heads get so much, so to speak, with concussions in football that we'd see players getting those sit out longer than they would in basketball. So it's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit confused by all this, if there's not something uh, really going on underneath that we don't know about, which is obviously his personal business, but it just, you know, I'm concerned for him. And, and there's also the anticipation. I mean, can you imagine what this team would be like as good as they are now, if we had Justin Powell in with Sharif Cooper? I know. I know. Are we ever going to be able to see this team at full strength and fully healthy? I don't think that's a team that, uh, many other teams in the SEC really want to face, uh, honestly, especially if they get time to cohese together and actually figure each yeah. other's place and role in the team. And, you know, uh, another point here, and this kind of maybe can lead us toward our discussion, the actual game. And I, it's kind of jumping ahead a little bit in my notes, but we talked about like players trying to find time here. You pointed out to me uh, pre-show that Chris Moore hadn't didn't play at all in this game. And we went back and looked Chris Moore didn't play in the last game at all. And most Auburn fans are probably like, who's Chris Moore? Well, you have been seeing less and less time of him. Uh, so do you know or do you think that Chris Moore is kind of probably not going to be seeing much action the rest of year? Or do you have a feeling about that? Uh, probably, probably not, especially when we get a, another guy like Powell back. But even though they're not really at the same position, you've got guys that are stepping in and uh, establishing themselves as the starters and as the guys who need to be playing 30 minutes a game and mm -hmm. guys like Thor and, and even Carwell is starting to play great um, at that position. And of course you got Jalen. Um, so, I mean, we could, we could see less and less of uh, uh, stretch, you know, we're yeah. seeing less and less of Javon Franklin. Um, so. Yeah. I just think that, it's a shame because I had high hopes for Chris Moore and that doesn't necessarily mean he's doing anything bad. It just means that the other players have shown that they deserve more time. And, you know, maybe there's some situation, maybe he red shirts, but I, I hate to say it, but when you start seeing this type of stuff happen to a player, you saw it with turbo early in the year, our, our former point guard that maybe they eventually transfer out. And I I'd hate to see that, but with so much talent coming in, it, this is the way things shake out, and that's the the beauty and, and danger of the riches uh, that we have right now is that you kind of have to let this work out naturally and see who's going to stay and and fit 
well into the program and who's going to actually earn that time. And then the others have to go on to find time. Right? And I know this is a little bit premature. I'll be honest that we're talking this way about Chris Moore, but it just yeah. kind of sparked that in my head when you brought that up. And I was sad to see that two games in a row now he has seen zero minutes. So we'll see if that continues on that trend uh, going forward. So a little bit about the game for those listening at home. If you weren't able to watch or listen, uh, it was a very fun game to watch in essence of just watching kind of defense, I guess is what you say. Offensively <laughs> terrible game in the first half for both teams. I mean, they couldn't have bought a bucket. I think uh, Coach um, oh, Coach Sonny Smith on the radio had some funny expression for, for describing the situation, but it was awful. But somehow, some way, they scrounged up 25 and 21 points in Kentucky's favorite in the first half and the second half they both started to wake up a little bit but auburn to more of a degree and they were able to push out and kind of frustrate and get kentucky into some situations where they made some crucial mistakes getting auburn the solid 66 to 59 win at home in a very low scoring affair uh, i don't know about you gray but i was pulling my hair out at certain points when i think it was six seven minutes and we were still like at two points two, yeah. two points <laughs> It was ugly, ugly, ugly in, yeah, in the was. first half. And do you think – I'd hate to ask this and say there's mojo or bad luck or something, but it kind of felt that way, didn't it, But for both teams? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it did. It felt a lot very similar about the UCF game earlier in the year. Or we, we were getting those shots. You know, we're getting to the free throw line. We're getting those open looks, but we, they're just not going in. Mm-hmm. They're not going yeah. in. I would ask, though, because we don't want to sit here and just make excuses for both teams and say that it was just bad luck. What do you think Auburn was doing wrong to not get those baskets in the goal uh, in the first half? That's hard to that's hard to answer because, you know, we were getting those open looks. It's not like it's not like the offense. There was something wrong with the offense or, you know, shots just weren't falling down. And, you know, the law of physics says shots are going to start falling. And, you know, we, we were able to get back on a little bit of a roll in the second half. And so was Kentucky, to their credit. Um, but it, that's something that we've got to you know, work on. You know, we got to get off to better starts, especially uh, as we go into the hardship of the schedule here. We've got Baylor coming up soon. It's like, oh, my goodness. Just sent a shiver down my spines because actually the game oh that came goodness. on after ours was Baylor and Texas Tech, and I watched a little bit of it, and I just watched some of their big men play, and I was like, oh, boy, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've got some very uh, impressive big men down low. They're young. They're a little bit not filled out yet, but they're highly, highly talented, and you saw that in this game come to fruition, and, and, I, and I think it was almost – I was watching these two teams and imagining what it was like five years ago, Auburn versus Kentucky. And we, you would just see these athletes that just look like athletes on Kentucky's side. And it just seemed to physically and visibly overmatch Auburn in every yep. way. But I finally got the feeling in this game, maybe Auburn has the upper hand in this scenario now because they just look like a Kentucky team or, or a team that cut. Kentucky would have assembled a couple of years ago. So that's just an interesting analogy that I found as I was just kind of watching the flow of the game there. Um, One thing that I thought Kentucky did very well to continue Auburn's struggles was they slowed the pace of the game down. And you've seen a lot of teams do this in previous seasons as well, where they try to keep Auburn from running that fast break offense. They do so well. And I got to commend Coach Calipari for, you know, trying that thing. But it didn't just work. It didn't work out in the end for them uh, just from the first half. And I think if Auburn had shot a little bit better from three, it would have uh, not worked out so so well for them. So what do you think Kentucky was doing wrong with why they were shooting so poorly? 
you know, I, I don't think Kentucky, that team meshes very well. They've got a lot of tall guards that like to get in the lane and be creative from there. They're big man. They don't have that. They don't have that. They don't have that star to go to like they normally do in teams past. Um, you know, this Kentucky team, they're young, just like we are, you know, it's a team with a great talent, just like us and a team that needs to just relax, get into offense, get full strength and, um, and continue to bounce off of good wins. Two similar programs right now where the struggles were for Kentucky in non-conference play. And admittedly, they played a probably a tougher schedule in non-conference than Auburn did. Uh, but Auburn got their struggles when they got to conference play. And hopefully that has changed for the better now. The two-game winning streak would suggest that is the case. But there's still a pretty tough stretch coming forward for them. And we're going to talk about one of those in just a little bit uh, once we get to that portion of the show. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcast, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. We talked about the three not falling tonight, and I think you said Jamal Johnson and um, uh, Alan Flanagan tonight, or, or several of the players went 0-4 from the three-point line. And I think that is a normal case where Auburn, if that happens, really really struggles and doesn't find a way to get out of the hole and they panic. And I think that's very commendable now that we've kind of reached the point where if the three is not falling for the people that it typically does, we don't panic and we find other ways to win. So what are some of those things that Auburn was doing to compensate for when the three point shot was not following? Getting to the free throw line. I mean, that's the best example getting inside the lane, you know, uh, did, Cooper is so good at the pick and roll passing to, the big guys and the big guys are rolling and cutting and, uh, and yeah, getting to the free throw line. And when you get to the free throw line, we still got to make more free throws. Now, you know, I'm not going to accept 71, but it's much better than it's been in the past. <laughs> I only have a little bit of a gripe tonight, so I'll, I'll let it pass this time. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you that going to the free throw line wins games. And I think it was even funny. I'll, I'll quote back to the, the live stream I did on YouTube earlier today, somebody was asking me, so how do you see the game shaking out? I said it'll be a, and admittedly I didn't intend to be 100% correct on this. I said it would be a win by seven points and it would come down to Auburn making free throws at the end. And that's pretty much what happened for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I guess that's my profit star. If that's what you want to use and someone called me a time traveler, I will not reveal my secrets. Uh, <laughs> if I was a time traveler though, I would uh, go back and redo some things in my basketball career. <laughs> Probably could have done a little bit better on, but 71%. And then you look at Kentucky 56%. Uh, and there's some other comparisons you can make in stats as we go through that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a key piece of what helped Auburn come over that hurdle there. Something else I want to point out here, and you talked a lot about it in the last episode, is the Cooper to Cardwell connection seems to be building and getting better and better with each game. How many awesome lobs did he throw up to Cardwell? Oh, my goodness. It's so much fun to watch. And he made a left-handed, off-the-bounce lob to Williams, to Jalen Williams today, and he did it in the um, Georgia game. And it's like, dude. There's no reason he should be able to make that pass. <laughs> he does have a masterful way, and we called it, I think, a few episodes ago, such a great court vision uh, yep. for him, and I think that's what sets him apart as a point guard here. Now, let me give him a little bit of critique here. There is some chances and some times where he has late in games, and he showed it in each of the three games where he's made some, I, I hate to use the word lazy, but maybe ill-advised decisions passing, oh. and it resulted in a loss in the first game and thankfully didn't result in the last two games, uh, but it, it's kind of not a good pattern to see, and, and I don't know where that comes from, uh, but I, I do think that's something that he's going to have to clean up in his game because as you saw in the first game that he was in, it kind of came back to bite us and allowed Alabama to seal the win. Thankfully, we had enough lead here where the, the passes didn't get, get too out of control for them. Yeah. One thing I think that you want to bring up and, and brag on is one JT Thor, and there are many things that you can brag on him about in any of these games that we talk about, but he really stuck out to you in, at the end of the game. And Why is that? Oh, his defense. Those two straight steals led to two straight uh, buckets on the end, on the other end, and then his uh, his rebounding is just uh, he's so long, he's so he's such a menace for other teams, and he's such a mismatch on the offensive end as well. That dude, that dude could have the best NBA career on this on this team. He absolutely could, and I think the people on uh, the TV sometimes have used the phrase "a basketball body." Yep. It's a little bit of an odd phrase, if I'm being honest. It makes me a little uncomfortable, but I understand what they're saying. I think the thing that he's missing, and this is a kind of an obvious statement too, is he needs to fill out a little bit, yep. and not too much though, because if he does, then he kind of loses some of that athleticism that he's been able to balance with that lankiness, and you don't see that coalesce a lot you see sometimes guys that are just overly lanky a, a typical basketball body they're a little bit awkward maybe a little bit more not as sure of themselves but he does not seem to have that problem at all he is yeah. sure of what he, i mean did, i think he did like a euro step late in the beautiful. game there to, and how was beautiful, beautiful was that like i even thought did he travel and then they went back on the replay and it was not a travel at all it was just a beautiful move on his part yeah yeah there's been multiple multiple times in the multiple games throughout the season so far where it's like, dang, if he really, you know, builds that confidence and put some, put some muscle on him, uh, that's an NBA. That's a first round pick. It absolutely could be. There are many players that have opportunities to be first round picks or picks in general that are on this team. The big question is, Will that happen this season, next season? And do we want it to happen that quickly? I think the answer <laughs> is no, but that's always kind of the, the double-edged sword there. It's a good thing if people are leaving early because that means your program is highly, highly successful. That's right. It always comes with the territory, and that's kind of the Kentucky way of life, And which is interesting here. Let me bring this last point up about the Kentucky team. This is the first time in a long time that I've watched a Kentucky team come into Auburn 
and then just look demoralized and frustrated at certain points in the game. And I, I know they've had a tough season, but I just did not expect to see them, for lack of a better term, give up at some points because they were kind of in, in some bad situations. And if I'm being honest, that's what's kind of the problem with this Kentucky team this year. They've got a guy like uh, Boston who should be their you know all-around best guy there, and he's not even really showing up much this game. Boston had five points for them. And, uh, I mean, everybody on their team scored tonight, which is a testament to how deep their bench is, and they did win the bench point battle tonight. But I got to – I mean, have you ever seen a Kentucky team this demoralized? No, and they just don't look like they're very confident in each other. It doesn't feel like they trust each other on the court, and they get frustrated with each other, and they get frustrated, and Calipari – I mean, poor Calipari (laughs) – I mean, the dude's... Poor Cal- don't you say poor Calipari. <laughs> he has had plenty of good things happen for him. So don't you poor Calipari he, me. He is on the sideline pulling his hair out watching these guys because they're not, they're not playing together. They're not playing with each other. And, you know, that's a testament to their record so far. Yeah. And, um, you know, this, you know, you know, he'll have them at the top of the SEC by that, by some point. Uh, of course, they'll be in the you know they'll probably be in the final four this year yeah. with with the way things go for Kentucky usually in basketball. So I there's no love lost here, and you know it's great to finally just have a period in time where Auburn and Kentucky are almost discussed in the same vein yeah. and uh, treated the same respect level right now, even though they're both in somewhat of a struggle this period of the season. I do uh, love this matchup, and it's becoming more and more rich as each year passes. So that is game one of the year with Kentucky. We'll see them again in Rupp Arena, I believe. So we'll see how well that one goes. But let's move on to the next game very briefly and talk about that. If you thought it was tough against Kentucky, it's only going to get tougher. We're heading to Fayetteville to take on the 10-4 and and 2-4 and in the SEC Arkansas Razorbacks. The game will be at 8 p.m. Central Time this uh, Wednesday uh, on the 20th, and you can watch that on the SEC network. So, Gray, this was game one in the SEC for us. Yep. We had a lot of high hopes. Arkansas kind of humbled us a little bit coming out of non-conference play. And uh, the thing that I'm nervous about is against a very good Arkansas team, how is this team going to respond on the road in Fayetteville? You know, we got to be able to shoot the ball. You know, there was one thing in that Arkansas game in Auburn Arena to start off SEC play, both teams shot the ball really, really well. And we didn't have Sharif Cooper then. Um, so this is a different Auburn team that Arkansas is going to be facing. But I also think that this is a different Arkansas team that Auburn is going to be facing. This is an Arkansas team that's gotten absolutely blown out in their past two games against LSU and at Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is an Arkansas team trying to bounce back off of two straight losses and an Auburn team trying to bounce back after two straight wins. Yes. And so, yeah, I would agree with that statement. Two different teams coming in in two different places where they're going. One is kind of on an upward trend. The other is on a downward trend. Now, let's give Arkansas some credit, though. They have faced one of the toughest starts to SEC play. I mean, you know, they've lost to LSU and LSU is nothing to, you know, write home about, but they're still not a pushover either. They played Tennessee. Uh, they played Alabama, so they they have just had and Missouri as well, who were who were ranked just like Tennessee. So it's been a rough go for them already. So you almost wonder if they're kind of chopping at the bit to get at an Auburn team, which they've showed they can beat on the road, and to finally get themselves out of the streak. So while it may appear that Auburn comes in with a little bit of momentum, I think this is going to be a very vengeful and very hungry Arkansas team ready to get right their ship. That's exactly right. 
Also, the other thing I want to think about as well. Remember their seven foot three center? Do you remember that guy? Oh yeah. No, how could I forget that guy? <laughs> Connor Vanover, uh, and he is their top rebounder. Though I will, I will admit, six point five rebounds per game is not that impressive. I would, I thought he would have a little bit more than that. But anytime you're seven foot three, you just, you're just a, a presence down there. Oh and yeah. I, I don't know what what does Auburn have to do to keep him in check because really that was the problem Auburn had last night was keeping him in check. You got to be physical with him down low and on the perimeter. Uh, he's, he's not a player that really wants to bang bodies down low and post you up and box out. He's just a guy that wants to reach right over you and get around on the perimeter and knock down threes, which he did against Auburn and Auburn arena. Yeah. Um, you got to be physical with him in the post and in the perimeter and, and on the offensive end. He is a fairly well-rounded player, uh, you know, harkens a little bit to kind of a Dirk Nowitzki type, a tall guy who can shoot mm. and move with the ball. However, he does not, he's not the, the Dirk Nowitzki that likes to kind of bang around down yeah. there. So yes, if our guys can be a little bit more physical with him, not too physical, because some of our guys have a tendency to get some fouls a little bit early. Uh, yeah. I think Ababa Tunde, part of the reason he sees less and less time is because he just can't stay out of foul trouble. And I think yeah. he's one guy who definitely could kind of, give uh you know Connor Vanover a little bit of trouble down there because of how physical he is he has to stay in the game though the other piece though is Moses Moody the freshman guard 16.8 point uh, 0.8 points per game you cannot let him have he's going to get his points but you cannot let him go off so I think that's the also another key to the game there is is, is being physical with Connor Vanover but making sure you keep Moses Moody in check and hopefully we'll be getting a win on the road in Arkansas, a little bit of revenge from the start of SEC play, and we'll continue the upward trend we have had here in SEC play. I'm going to ask you this. You know, every once in a while I like to do this. What's your confidence level that Auburn gets the win in Fayetteville? Who? Um, does Powell play or does Powell not play? I'm At this point, I mean, if you're asking me how – first here, I'll answer this question. How confident okay. that I am Connor – not Connor, but uh, how, how confident am I that uh, Powell will play – is probably like 40% at this point. Yeah. So I'm going to say he doesn't play. Okay. Um, I'm going to say about, I'm going to say about 50, 50 right mm. now, just because of how Arkansas is on that downward slope. And if we don't have, you know, it's a different Auburn team mm-hmm. that than we saw in Auburn arena when Arkansas came there, but you know, it, it's a different, it's a different Arkansas team as well. Here's the other thing though. And think about it this way. Do you necessarily want the first game back? for Justin Powell to be on the road in Arkansas against this good Arkansas team. Not really. And that's what I'm kind of thinking. If he's having this much trouble getting back, he's not going to be game. If, yeah, if there was a game where he needed right. to come back, it was today. Exactly. I think even yeah. against a tough Kentucky team in a, in a huge game, a very important game, I would have much rather him been here than start on the road. But that's the way things go for Auburn. The time he's ready to go back will probably be in one of the more challenging road games. So we'll see what happens. And if Coach Pearl feels that it's best for him to be out there and get his himself righted again in that situation, I will tr- trust Coach, and hopefully that will lead to the win in Fayetteville. Um, so that's all we have here on this episode for you all. We'd love to hear from you your thoughts about this game and the one coming up. You can leave that on social media or on the website on the episode notes uh, here at E2CNetwork.com. We appreciate each and every one of you being here. Con- uh, I keep calling you Connor for some reason because I've got Connor Vanover in my hand. Uh, Gray, thank you so much for being here and part of our show again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again, Kyle. Of course. And we will talk to you all again. And thank you for listening. War Eagle. 
Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?